everybody, this is Wingman, and you are listening to Guard Frequency. My portside thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is Control, we are radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, Sits and Sieves. You're tuned to the Guard Frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 18 and was recorded live on April 12th and made available for download April 15th at guardfrequency.com. I'm Lennon. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. All right, what do we have this week, Tony? In this week's Squawk Box, we'll tell you all about a fan-created map project by one of our, our very own listeners. You know, it was another quiet week in the world of CIG... Not a lot happened, you know. But, you know, I guess we'll still bring you the crowdfunding update, the latest in universe fiction, and the uh, final hiatus episode of the uh, next great starship. And there was something else we were going to talk about. I, I don't, I forget. We'll, we'll get to it when it comes to it. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we'll tell you all about the Mustang from Consolidated Outland. And finally, we'll tune our dials into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Sits and sis, we're always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join the crew here at Guard Frequency. And we're especially looking for an audio engineer to come and join our team here and assist with our weekly shows. So if you've got a creative itch that needs scratching, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K at guardfrequency.com. Please remember that all positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This, after all, is a labor of love. And we do love the game, so. But we do look great on a CV or a resume. Well, that takes care of all the housekeeping, so let's get to the show and see what's going through the school box. Any of you boys need a carrier around here? Uh, everything's under control. Switch normal. This is Tony saying welcome to Squawk Box, everybody. Every game released is usually followed by a passionate community who love to bring their creativity to the forefront and produce for us some amazing tools and assets to help make our favorite games just a little bit more exciting. Everything from foundry authors in Star Trek Online to creators of the ever-popular EVEMON to the millions of wiki owners and contributors out there, fans are always looking for ways to express their creativity through the games they love and Star Citizen is clearly no exception. We've all read entries into the Galactic Guide to get an insight into our place in the universe, but an RSI fan who goes by the name of Daughter of Soul wanted to use her talents to not only figure out our place in Chris Roberts' universe, but everyone else's place, too. Using the latest technologies at her disposal, Daughter of Soul has created an interactive map of the Star Citizen universe as we know it so far. Fans of EVE Online will be familiar with the 3D mapping system and should feel right at home navigating their way amongst the stars of the verse, but if you've never set foot inside a capsule and flown throughout New Eden, then fear not, because Daughter of Soul has made her map so easy to use, even a Vanduul could do it. The map not only shows you the location of all the systems that we're aware of, but by clicking on a star, you can bring up a whole lot of information, such as which faction it belongs to, its crime rate, its UEE strategic value, and everything the Galactic Guide has to say about it. Additionally, you're also able to start planning your journeys now. So if you need to know the quickest way back to Seoul from the Magnus system, probably because of a twiglet-based emergency, then Daughter Soul's map can tell you how to get there. Be sure to check out this fantastic resource for yourself. Links will be in the show notes, of course. And as long as you're running the latest version of Chrome, Firefox, or even Internet Explorer, you'll be good to go. 
read or hear something that you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians, send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now, let's check out some CIG news. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our crowdfunding update for April the 12th, 2014, 41830000 Okay, I was wrong. We didn't break 42 this week. I don't know what you cheapskates are doing out there, but you step it up a bit so I don't have to be wrong so much. And we've only got 1,658 alpha slots left. A uh, huge spike. Something must have happened this week. I don't know what, but Not there's sure. something out there. Yeah, something out there spiked a lot of interest in the game pretty recently. So not quite 427,000 registered users. That was a pretty sizable jump. I, something's twigging my radar here. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going something's on. Something's in we'll, the ether. I don't know. I'll think of it. Well, I was watching the fundraising chart. And, yeah, up until April 10th, there was this sort of huge sudden rush. And then April 10th, it kind of dipped a bit. And then after April 10th, it went up massively as if there was an event that took place around April 10th that would cause a lot of people to donate beforehand and then a lot of people to donate afterwards when they saw it on YouTube and just create this nice little pretty graph. Well, unfortunately, because Tony was wrong, we don't have a letter from the chairman. What we do have, though, is some additional information on the alpha slots. Now, Tony has said a couple of times on here, and I think we've all agreed with him at some point, that the alpha slot counter kind of seemed to be going down in a predictable fashion. We weren't too sure if the numbers were actually real. Well, this most recent drop in alpha slots available puts that a little bit to one side, but we were curious as to whether once the alpha slots had gone, would they introduce any more? And in an article over on the Rubber Space Industries website, we hear that players who join Star Citizen after all the slots have gone will have the option of purchasing a $5 pass to play the individual alpha modules, such as the dogfighting module phase one, phase two, and so on, with all the money going to cover additional server bandwidth as necessary. But one thing to note is that you will need a separate pass for each module that comes out. The team at CIG were then asked, will they ever add more alpha slots? And the answer was just simply no. And once the current allotment is all over, no more alpha slots will be added to the counter at all. So going forward, players who miss out on the free alpha slots may test individual modules by purchasing that pass. So what did you guys make of this? I think that's great. I've always said they should sell more alpha slots or I thought they should sell more alpha slots or they'd be dumb not to. This actually works better because the people who are early backers get the value pack for all the modules and if people want to come on board and test individual pieces of it, they can, but they have to pay the single admission ticket. You know, it scales. You know, the more people that want in, the more money they bring in, the more interest is generated and the more the team can kind of gauge, look, this is going to be really popular. This isn't quite as popular. I agree. After all, there's 1,600 slots left. Now is the time to fish or cut bait. That's right. Value packs are disappearing off the shelf. Get them while they're hot. In the latest news update, Congress now, several senators are concerned with the amount of corruption surrounding the contract practices of the private sector vendors. And so, a committee is formed. This neat piece of in-universe fiction introduces us to more senators that we're going to see in the persistent universe, and gives us a little bit of insight into the eventual workings of the UEE. For information, see the links in our show notes or a post on the Robert Space Industries website. Another week goes by, and this time, the final part of the Cessna puzzle lands in our laps. Treason or mutiny? What happens when a family feud involves political infighting and pirate posturing? This final part of the Dateline Cessna series finishes up with our favorite roving reporter still alive and telling the UEE the story of Cessna, now that everyone knows the reasons for why they do what they do. We wouldn't be surprised if we hear more about Cessna in future editions of Congress Now. We're also given an update on the next great starship, 
the teams are hard at work creating their ships for the next phase of the competition, and in this update we check in on the final set of teams and see their progress as they prepare for the show to return next week on April 18th. As we've seen from all the teams, they've taken the judges' feedback on board and the designs are progressing very nicely. But if there is one thing we have definitely learnt is that three dingo really, really need to lay off the caffeine. Caffeine good. In the latest episode of 10 for the Chairman, Chris tackles another set of questions for the subscribers and gives us the answers to those things we've all been pondering. We know that when commanding space battles that the capital ships will play a core role, and there's a lot more information to come in a featured blog sometime. But we do know that there will be a mini RTS view of the battle on a holosphere to coordinate your wingman. Organizations will be able to own their own hangars, so again, doubt is being cast upon my staunch position that interests need to be manufacturable. And we learned that if gravity is turned off on your ship and you don't have magnetic boots or a suit with thrusters, you're going to be floating around inside the body of your ship. Lots of good information in these episodes, so be sure to check out the latest 10 for the Chairman over on the RSI website or by visiting the links in our show notes. Yeah, with the capital ships, Chris sort of gave us a little bit of an insight into the mechanic there, where one of the stations that you're going to be able to man is going to be like a hollow table, a hollow sphere, and on that you'll see the capital ship at the centre and all the enemies dotted around at their various locations, and whoever's manning that station will be able to click on a, an enemy and then click on an individual player that's on their squad on their team and say, like... Uh, drag a line to them saying your target is this guy and then obviously it's up to the individual pilot whether they pay attention to that or not but uh, I just, <laughs> yeah exactly right you know but i think it's quite cool that there is going to be this sort of mini rts view in there yeah i'm looking forward to the capital ship stuff honestly i mean this is starting out as a space sim but if they get the capital ship stuff done right that's going to be where the fun is which is why those ships need to be manufacturable by organizations somebody's going to listen to me eventually somebody will whether or not that person works at CIG is remains to be seen, but we'll see. This episode of Wingman's Hangar was a little shorter than normal, but still has all the good things that we come to expect from Wingman's Hangar. In this week's Inside CIG, we're treated to a little extra behind-the-scenes look at the debugging taking place to make sure that the dogfighting module is the best possible condition for us lucky alpha testers. We don't have any form feedback this week, as the devs are putting in every hour available to make the alpha run as smooth as possible. Yeah, there's something there's something here. Hang on a minute. Um, we've been trying to put our finger on this the yeah. whole episode, and what Jeff was saying about the wingman's hangar, I don't know. So, Lennon, uh, what's your question? <sighs> well, I've, I've, I've been really wanting to know lately, um, where the f*** is the dogfighting module? Well, I... Oh, 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 that's, oh, oh, you know, oh, oh now yeah. I got it. Oh. That's what's everybody's. Right, yeah, there was that thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that thing. thing out east. And in it was Baltimore? It was no. Pick. Um, it was Pick, wasn't it? Pick. No, it wasn't Pick. Pick, Pick, Pick East. Pick, no, no. Well, no, that's not it. Um, in the it Bronx? Hacks. In the Bronx. It was Brooklyn. Hacks. Hacks. Hacks in yes. Brooklyn. Uh, Hacks no, in Brooklyn. doesn't sound right. Hacks, no. Packs uh, East? Packs. Packs, that's it. Yes! Pax. PAX, PAX in Boston, PAX in Boston. That's what it was. It was PAX in Boston, and they were going to... <sighs> no, it's gone. Uh, it's they were going to have a group discussion. No, it wasn't it. Reveal. 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 Oh, real. Okay. Reveal. PAX there East, reveal in Boston. Reveal? I, yes, there was. That's what... Oh, that explains That's it. where... It, that explains your double dip. Uh, yeah. And that would oh, be why the God. news has been a bit thin and why Wingman said there yeah. were it all makes sense now. God. It all makes total sense now. Well, it's a good thing that we knew a couple of guys were going to PAX East, and we sent them with guard frequency t-shirts and a camera. 
I'm waiting on the, getting that footage back. We still have to do kind of some snail mail things to see what all they recorded. But if you guys pay attention to our Twitters, uh, you know that they were out and about sticking our camera in people's faces and asking them uh, things like, what's your favorite color? What's your dog's name? Oh, and oh, how awesome is it to be here in Boston when they're revealing the dog fighting module? Fear not, everyone. This is not the end of our famous segment called, where the f*** is the dog fighting module? Yes, we now know it was in Boston. Yeah, it was there the yeah, whole right. time. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. But don't worry, this segment is not going away because I still don't have a dogfighting module. Lennon, do you have a dogfighting uh, module? I think I might have one in my other pair of pants. Oh. No, sorry. Sorry, about you, that's Jeff, a Mars bar. <laughs> I, I okay. lost mine. Jeff, do you have a dogfighting no, module? I lost mine. You lost I yours. Lost okay, mine. so we still don't know where our dogfighting modules are. So this segment is not over. We're going to keep going with the segment. But we are going to talk to you about all the stuff we saw on the live stream and on the YouTube videos that came out afterwards and all this stuff. So, Lennon, what do we know? Well, we know that the dogfighting module will be landing in our grubby little mitts later this month is what they said. Then Chris kind of adjusted it on the fly to early next month. I think realistically we're looking within the first two weeks of May and probably aim around the middle of May to be on the safe side is what I would think. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys saw the reveal. There were uh, a few... Mm, issues mm, bugs mm, yeah. they're not bugs they're features bugs, mm, yeah. yeah and when it was crashy it was a little bit explodey sometimes except for when he wanted the ship to explode <laughs> and then it wouldn't yeah. so yeah uh, yeah all things were wrong yes in addition to that we know that we're also going to be getting five different game modes these are a free-flying mode so if you're not a fan of dogfighting you can just go outside and look at how gorgeous everything looks there's going to be a standard dogfight against the ai as you would expect you will be able to also play against other players there is going to be a capture the flag mode and one mode that i'm quite looking forward to is called vandal horde mode which is basically just going to be yeah it's you there's a load of vandals they come wave after wave after exactly and i am really looking forward to playing on that as well as blowing you two out of the sky i mean as well as helping you blow other people out of the sky of course right because we're a team Mm. Yes, there is no I in mm. team, but there is a me. Uh, indeed, there is. We were also told a little bit about the ships that we're going to be getting, and we did say a couple of weeks back that when we heard about the dogfighting module delays, we just thought that it was because they were going to be putting in extra ships and all this sort of thing. So we are going to be able to fly a Hornet, a 300i, and an Aurora. So if anybody out there owns those already, you will be able to play them in the dogfighting module. We know that the Scythe, the Cutlass, and the Avenger will be added afterwards very shortly, but they won't be out for version 1 of the dogfighting module, and they'll be landing in about version 1.5. Have you guys got any of these ships' individual flyer ones that you guys are going to be able to use? Well, I have a 325. Yeah, the variants, I believe, are coming afterwards. They're coming in the 1.5 drop as well, because they haven't quite finished the damage states yet. And I do have, of course, the Aurora, which is the newbie, well, the little ship. Yeah, I have access to an Aurora. I bought three different accounts. The Aurora's my daughter's. She's five. I don't think she'll mind if I borrow it. No, that's that's very true. Well, the good news is if you don't own one of those ships, if you're in the same boat like me and you just own the multi-crewed ships, then they will give you a loner ship and you will be able to fly a Hornet, so we will get to partaking it. We then know that Phase 2 will include the Freelancer and the Constellation, and it will be focused around co-op play in a single ship, which will include AI wingmen, voice chat, the different stations that everybody can man, and will include a little bit of the 
capital ship play on the Idris that we mentioned before as part of 10 for the chairman that there's going to be a blog entry on how these work. But we will get to do that in phase two of the dogfighting module. So that will be super cool to be able to actually play. And finally, we hear that in phase three of the dogfighting module, it will include the boarding, the FPS, and a new capture the Idris game type to utilize it. So the whole idea there will be a group of you in your Hornets will have to take out the guns on an Idris, board it, and successfully take it over. So that's what we know is coming. And Tony, I know that you watched the Twitch stream. I had to drop out halfway through, um, but then I did catch up on it later. So I, I have ended up seeing the whole thing. So yeah, uh, your impression, sir. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like. I'm gonna I'm gonna go meta here. You know, th- this is a show about the game, yes. right? We're all very excited about the game. I want to talk about the guts that they took. They committed mm. to a date, and by God, they just showed up with what they had. You know, there were glitches, there were bugs. Of course, were I a venture capitalist, a guy that invested money in this thing, I would have gone. You know what, guys? Hats off to you for hitting the date. You didn't bring a real stable product, but you showed up on time with something that I see flashes of brilliance on. And that's more than enough for me to maintain confidence in the project, confidence in the team, confidence in the fact that this is not vaporware. They're doing some really brilliant things, and with risk-taking like that, there are going to be some shortfalls, going to be some stumbles. you got to expect it, and um, quite frankly, they handled it with grace. And uh, I, was, I was very, very impressed with it. Yeah, I did feel sorry for Chris towards the end of the reveal when he was trying to do the multiplayer and he just couldn't load in for love nor money. The look yeah. of disappointment on his face because obviously, like you said, he knows it's working. They've tested it in the office. It was just as, right. as luck would have it, the one time you have a thousand people watching your monitor, it just doesn't go according to plan. Oh, I think the Twitch stream at one point hit 18 or 20. Okay. I think I saw. I, yeah, there were there were a lot of people. Yeah, I was watching. I was counting the live viewers, but yeah, the the, the Twitch stream as well. You know, yeah. when there's oh that yeah, that's not yeah. the live viewers because the Twitch stream plus the people. So that it's are about twenty thousand people. You know, waiting. Yeah, close to when that. you've got that many people watching it. Of course, it's going to go wrong. I mean, you've you've even got the famous example yeah. from uh, way back in the days when uh, Windows ninety eight was launching and Bill Gates was demoing USB and was like, <laughs> "You just plug in the <laughs> scanner here and uh, blue screen." You know. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so he's. <laughs> So yeah, so Chris is certainly obviously not the first person to encounter software difficulties when demoing to a mass audience. And Mm. you could almost see like the heartbreak as he was trying to do it. But like you said, what they were able to show, I just think it's just, it's above what I expected from a dogfighting alpha, without a doubt. And I think that the bugs that they did show just prove that we are in this to help Alpha test it. And you, you kind of do see that raw edge to it, even though it is very highly polished. I'm really impressed by the quality of the product. And when I mean quality, I the look and feel, it felt to me like I was really in space. I'm really, really looking forward to don my cockpit, so to speak, and flip my helmet on. It seemed to be the best part of the reveal for a lot of people. They were shouting helmet, helmet, helmet on the, in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I'm still anticipating that where my dog finding module is. Maybe I can find it eventually. Yeah, go look yeah. for it. It's around there somewhere. It might take me a couple of weeks to find it, but I'm looking forward to it. Probably till May. Give it till May to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So what else, Lennon? What was your highlights? Did you pick a favorite. Oh, a favorite moment of the whole thing. Um, the Newtonian physics and the blackouts were just blackouts little cool. touches that oh, I just, yeah, it just, 
yeah, it just brought me such joy. And the way that he just flicked on decoupled mode, it was like, oh, what was that? You want Newtonia mode? Well, what am I doing? I'm flying backwards. We know that it was going to have things like that in it, but just seeing how smoothly it was executed was really good. What about you, Jeff? What was your highlights of the bits that you saw? When Chris crashed into the objects and blew apart, I... <laughs> <laughs> It was a strong metaphor for how the rest of the evening kind of yeah. went. Yeah, the intensity crashed. I, 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 I yeah. like this. I really do. But I, I think he's takes himself a little too serious sometimes, and it was just interesting to see that he couldn't get his ship yeah. blown up. But every time he he just basically touched an outside object, his ship fell apart. <laughs> I just thought that was great. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I hope he went after that and just sort of threw his shoulders, heads up, and said it was going to suck. And I mean, this is, I mean, what did people? I, I hope he just let it go. I, I, I hope, hope so he just let it roll off his back because it just doesn't matter. He showed up, he showed us something, and it looks awesome. I, I'll tell you what my favorite part was. This is going to sound stupid. Ready? The first time he locked on with a missile. Oh, the graphics! And the little reticle <laughs> flew in from the outside to go boom, boom, boom. Just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna geek out just a little bit here. What this means to me is that everything in that screen, on that screen, is in the universe somehow. The HUD display is in the universe. It's not a graphical overlay that just sits up there that's a separate thing. Drives me nuts in Star Trek Online that when you play on a lower-end machine, the UI, when you turn the UI off, your frame rate shoots way up because the UI is a different thing. Not so. The UI is a part of the 3D environment of Star Citizen. And that, when you first locked on the missile thing, that just brought that right home to me. Like, when you're in that universe, you're in that universe. And everything around it is a part of it. And it was just, it blew my mind. The, the, the missile lock thing just blew my mind. I never realized that with the dogfighting module is that, like you said, because it's all in-universe, it just felt natural. And none of it felt like yeah. a game. Whereas with Star Trek Online, yep. not only do you have, like you said, the UI, but you know, you fire your phases and then when it hits the enemy, you get like a little graphic to appear to say that they've been debuffed and have lost shields. And none of that is what your character would mm. be seeing, as it were. You know, it's it's interpretive. Yes. Oh, when I've made those movies, when I make all my little movies, I have to go in and wipe. Yeah. I use a utility to wipe out all those things. Yeah, so it looks better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Whereas right. in this, yeah, like, like you said, everything that was there, it was just UI, but it was a UI for the Hornet and you were in the Hornet. So you mm -hmm. were seeing it all in universe and sorry, you've just blown my mind with that. I, I didn't realize it and that is a very good thing. Mind blown, your mind blown. <laughs> Jeff, you're probably just chilling. I really hope that Chris goes back to Robert Space Industries and gives everyone there an attaboy. I think they deserve it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Despite the yeah. issues that they had, despite the little niggles and the bugs and the failures, it's still in awesome condition. And I think anybody who was at that event would definitely say that without a doubt. They deserve possibly some sleep is what they deserve. <laughs> Start with <Yeah>. that. <laughs> you, you hit your deadline. You showed up. You brought us what you had. It wasn't perfect. There are warts, as one should expect in a pre, 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 pre alpha. So good enough. Good enough. Go back to your desk. Get back to it. We're waiting. So just to keep everything here balanced, looking on the flip side of the coin, what would you say was like, uh, was there anything in there that was disappointing to you? Was there something you wish that they'd either shown more of or more in depth? Or uh, was it just anything that you were expecting to see that you didn't? Uh, I would have liked to have seen a different ship flying around, but I'm good with what was shown. 
Yeah, I was disappointed that they weren't able to do a multiplayer. And again, like Jeff was saying, I was wishing they would have like an Aurora versus a Hornet or a 300i versus a Hornet just so you could sort of see what the difference would be in, in flying and in weapons and all that kind of stuff. So you could kind of start to get a feel for the differentials between the different airframes. So, But, you know, they couldn't get the multiplayer to work. So, Yeah, and, and again, I think like everybody would say that the only disappointing thing was that they couldn't demo it to the full. I didn't see anything in there that was technically, you know, it didn't get this far and then I thought, oh really, that's what you've done? Or like, oh man I, I thought you would have at least had bullets or something. You know, there was nothing <laughs> of that nature. It just... All the bullets were fine. Oh, I love the special they, effects were... Sh- I do have to say uh, that the, the one thing that I found disappointing about the the whole thing was, did you hear that just really obnoxious person or slash people in the crowd? You mean late at night in Boston at a club there were obnoxious yeah, people? It's hard to believe, I know, but just uh, try to imagine it for a man. second, please. Have wow. you ever been to Boston? I have, and they're obnoxious <laughs> as hell. We love all of our Boston fans. Everybody who's listening, please don't. Unless you're the one okay. who went to the DFM. Hey, I, I, I meant it with <laughs> kindness and love. The kindness that I'm sure that'll fix that for you. <laughs> yes. Well, um, quite interestingly, the talk in the community was that they generally just wished that those people who were being extra vocal just kept it, like scaled it back just a little bit. You know, like you said, there'd been a lot to drink and they were in Boston. Apparently, that means something. I don't know. Um, but what I thought was quite funny is that the people who were watching it live, I was watching a bit of the Twitch stream, and they were like, "Okay, I've had it with this guy. I'm putting a bounty on his head. The first person to shoot his ship out of the sky will win one thousand credits so yeah be sure to keep an eye out <laughs> at, the, at your nearest person of interest office for that guy's bounty very very soon that's a sweet 10 bucks is what that is oh yeah gunning for that guy i mean wait a minute we're on we're a guard frequency we can't do that kind of thing and that's our one and only community question for this week now that we finally remembered what all the fuss was what was your favorite part of the dogfighting module reveal or the arena commander video game as we now know it what was your most disappointing part let us know on our show post on the Robert Space Industries fan site subforum or over at guardfrequency.com in this week's show notes. Well, that takes care of all of the news from CIG, including the dogfighting module reveal at PAX East. So let's get back to basics with this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. Hello, Sits and Sieves, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets. This is our section of the show where we like to delve into the mechanics of Star Citizen and give you all the gory details from the inside out. Just a warning up front, though, the game is still very much in active development, so all the information that we give is subject to change. This week, well, you've seen it in progress on the next great starship, but here's everything that you need to know about the Mustang from Consolidated Outland. The new Mustang spacecraft line is preparing to go into mass production and is priced to compete with the RSI Aurora. Using newly developed construction techniques and ultralight material alloys, sometimes considered unsafe, the Mustang pushes power ratios to the absolute limit. The result is a sleek, stylish spacecraft that weighs less than the Aurora and has more options for engines and thrusters. A little bit at the expense of some stability, weapons, hardpoints, and <clears throat> cargo capacity. Like the Aurora, the Mustang is also a single-seat fighter. So unfortunately, your buddies won't be along for the ride with you. But as a single-seat fighter, the Mustang will come with two TR-2 primary thrusters, six TR-1 maneuvering thrusters, and a maximum of a size 3 power plant, perfect for a role as pursuit. 
capable of equipping two Class 1 weapons and one Class 4, better known as two fixed guns and one turret. She's not quite as well equipped as the Aurora, however, she can deliver a nasty sting where it hurts. Unfortunately, all these trade-offs have made her fragile, being only able to equip a shield with a max rating of 2. Now hang on, I've done the conversion in my head. This one is strawberry in metric. It's raspberry. You're so close. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, right now we don't have any details on length or height. But as the Mustang is comparable with the Aurora, you can expect her to weigh in somewhere around 18.5 meters long and 4 meters high and able to carry up to 5 tons of cargo. The details on how many upgrade slots the Mustang will come with are still being worked out. But you can be sure that we'll update you as soon as we know the information ourselves. Okay, so I've got to say, even after seeing the specs, I still don't like it. I cannot get over the wings as legs. I, I still agree. I was against this ship ever seeing the light of the atmosphere. I'm not going to be getting one. I like how easy it'll be to shoot down with all of its wings splayed out everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, lots nice, of targetable. Nice big surfaces to absorb laser energy. Yes, that, that's, that's, that's going to be good. I want to see the Aurora as the worker bee, and I want to see the Mustang as the Zerg. This is the pirate Zerg. When you come up with a, a formation of Mustangs, you know that you've got some pirate noobs that need to be taught a lesson. That's how I see the Mustang. And I think that's good for the game, really. Mm. Some, so some, I was looking in looking over the specs for this I get the feeling that it's very much going to be built as a uh, just like a really cheap fighter so they should be very plentiful so very much like you what I'm hoping is that you are going to see a lot of these around they're going to be like like just gnats and midges and just those little creatures that just sort of you know what it's like you walk through down by the swamp and there's just like clouds of them around you have to swat them out of the way that's kind of what i envisage these things being like but on a slightly more spaceshipy slightly less insecty level <laughs> the one thing that is interesting about that is the turret having a class 4 turret mm. on it you know um you're not going to have a second person so it's going to be a completely ai aimed and ai operated turret so this thing is going to be cheap to operate it's going to be not as good at aiming theoretically with the lack of a man turret. So this really is, it does seem to be kind of the uh, red shirt uh, of uh, the Star uh, Citizen it, universe. It, yes. it. <laughs> when you want to, when you're like, all right, everybody, Mitchell, I want you to take the Constellation. Jones, hop in the Freelancer. Oh, and Smith, hop in the Mustang. You know Smith ain't coming back. <laughs> Smith's not coming back from this mission. You know, he just put on the red shirt and he just, just, he just took off to be cannon fodder. The Mustang is the red shirt of the Star Citizen universe. Yeah, especially when you consider that it has a shield rating of two, which is just... Raspberry. Raspberry. It is yeah. so incredibly low for a shield rating. It's not going to take much to puncture them at all. It's going to have a poorly aimed turret. It's not going to have a lot of upgrade slots. It's not going to be terribly maneuverable with only six thrusters, not eight like some of your more advanced fighters have. Yeah. Red shirt. Mustang equals red shirt. And I think Jeff pointed out a couple of shows ago, that's a terrible thing to do to the namesake of the P-51. Absolutely. I'm really disappointed. This is my one big disappointment in this whole universe. To name this ship after the Mustang is just an atrocity. Well, we want to hear what you guys have to think, and we're going to put another ship poll in this week's show post. So if there's anything in particular that you want us to discuss, then be sure to vote on the ship that you want us to talk about next week. You can find the poll over on our show's post at guardfrequency.com forward slash zero one eight. But in the meantime, why don't we hear what you actually have to say and tune into the feedback loop? Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! 
We still enjoy hearing from everybody. We're going to enjoy hearing from you every week. That was a subtle hint, everybody. Write us. We love to hear from you guys. We're not going to be able to read it all, but that doesn't mean we don't soak up every word. From our show post over at guardfrequency.com, I think this is pronounced squirrel. I hope so. I hope so, because that's what I'm calling you now, squirrel. So squirrel takes a moment to say, it's been sort of revealed that the FPS team appears to be illphonic based on the most recent jump point issue, as found everywhere on the internet, even though it's really only a subscriber thing. It was mentioned in one of the chat bubbles regarding the Idris redo. So, okay, that's cool. We kind of know the redacted team. I wonder why they haven't been publicly revealed yet. I think he said something during the Twitch stream. I didn't catch it. He mentioned the name of the studio. It could have been Alphonic. I, I didn't catch it. I can go back and look at the jump point. But uh, good catch. Good catch. Mm. Squirrel. Too bad it's not the Warhorse guys. It would have been really cool if I predicted that correctly. The ever vivacious Sean Newboy says, Wonderful show, everyone. Thanks to Jason and Brian. Oh, Sean Newboy, you got that red and sexy voice, too. Mm, you're a lucky guy this week. And via the Robert Space Industries forums, Nexus writes in and says, Love the show. It's one of the first things I do on a Tuesday. I also drank a cup of coffee today. Can I get an achievement? <gasps> no. No, you I, can't. I promised him. I promised you him. You did? I did. Oh, oh you've got to quit promising okay, those things. You're going to get us into trouble someday. Okay, we're going to put it in in three, two, so, to the community questions. Question number one. I kind of gave Team Troika a pass in CIGI Trust sort of thing. Personally, I think their ship is the weakest of the bunch, so I don't think they'll be getting too much further. Question number two. There is no one thing I'm excited about in last month's report, but I was excited to see this report when it first debuted. This month made me really happy. The game is coming along really well, and I'm excited for the next content pushes in the next few months. I already gave my leave of absence notice in my Stowfleet because of the DFM this month. As always, you guys rock and keep up the excellent work. Hope to see your debris in a few weeks. Well, that's not very nice. Mm, no, it's not. Well, I mean, I think what he means is uh, I hope to see the debris we, we create. We'll be creating <laughs> debris out of Mustang parts. Of course. Uh, scattering them about everywhere. And we're all fans here, but... I might ask your Star Trek Online fleet for a temporary rescission of the leave of absence request. That might be a good thing. It could yeah. be a while before we get the dogfighting module, if you know what I mean. Dax writes an exhaustive treatise for each of the community questions. We'll share the clip notes here. Howdy. Very nice work once again, mates. Thanks for going through the effort. Some people are concerned that Troika has the same level of quality that has gotten incredibly criticized by CR and other judges, yet they are still in the game. However, it is CIG's call to make, and maybe it will generate a tougher competition. March report. Dax is concerned that CIG may have trouble coordinating all the distributed development. Finally, Redacted is Alphonic, a studio that's made its name doing some arena shooters for Crisis. He hopes people realize that the only things they should take from Elphonic's previous works are their skill at working at the Cry Engine, and CR is going to be calling the shots, and with Rob Irving backing him up, he's confident we're all in good hands. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we, a team of super sleuths is Guard Frequency's fan base. That's all there is to it. This we put out it. a crazy theory, and they just shoot it down with facts. Yeah. How dare they bring us verifiable information? How, how are we supposed to operate on a basis of rumors and lies with all this credibility floating around? You know, we're making our way with speculation just fine. The people bring us inconvenient information. I'm just, just so sick of it. Man. And coming to us from Facebook, responding to the dogfighting module reveal, Sean Hyers says, I loved it. 
thought they did a great job tying it into the universe. I love the Wing Commander and the Origins references, and the crowd was awesome, was chanting helmet in the middle of my living room along with them. And Jace Pentad says, dat helmet. Yep. Oh, oh, dat sexy, sexy helmet. And from Twitter, we hear from at Star Citizen Base. They say they're friends with Guard Frequency. Yes, they are. This will be the first show syndicated on the base radio. We'll have links, of course, in our show notes. They've got a link and a logo on the front page of our website. Welcome aboard, boys. I hope we're welcome aboard as well. Mm -hmm. And Lennon, you went on their show the other night. I did. They are a great bunch of guys. They're so fun to hang out with. And if if you guys out there haven't listened to their show, the one that they do live on a Friday night, I would highly recommend it. It is rated mature. I will say that up front. But uh, (laughs) yeah, like I said, I would highly recommend it. They give away a lot of prizes very very often they give away ships constantly so yeah if you guys are looking for something to do on a friday night and you're waiting for the dogfighting module then you should really check them out ranger xml says just got interviewed by the at guard freak at pax dees yep i'll take your word for it ranger they're sending me the memory chip so we'll have to uh, get your interview and uh, we'll get it posted either on the website or on youtube or probably both or we'll cut the audio out and put it in next week's show I'm going to have to see what they've uh, given me to work with. Alex and Duo went out there wearing the shirts, flying the flag, and we'll see what I got. We'll see what kind of treasures they're going to send to me. And in response to a request for a line or two about the dogfighting module, Axelum Sar says, Can I do it with just one word? Brilliant. And Captain Mac STO says, How awesome was the dogfighting module demo? Oh my god, awesome! Wish I could have been there. Ken from Chicago says, There the f*** is Star Citizen's dogfighting module. It's at PAX East. That's where it was. I have always wondered the whole time. The whole time. And coming to us from our email, squawk at guardfrequency.com, Nexus writes, the dogfighting module was really, really exciting. Wish it wasn't as buggy because I wanted to see some more. Looking forward to the release. Helmet. I think Nexus wins the Chivalry Bean Award again. We're going to have to rename it the Chivalry Bean slash Nexus Award. And Cyril says, first time listening to your podcast, I have to say the quality and format are top notch. It's now in my podcast app to get every new episode. Well, Cyril sounds like a smart guy. Regarding the retaliator and missile mechanics, I do have a retaliator on order. One of the first tests I want to do when it makes it into my hands is, if possible, a ripple fire of FF, meaning friend or foe, missiles. Apparently, he's referring to a tactic in one of the Wing Commander games when you could launch a complete uh, flurry of missiles and hope that uh, they blow up in the face of something bad and not something good. Kind of a last-ditch desperation escape maneuver. If it's in a Chris Roberts game from the past, I bet a version of it is going to make it into the game of the future. Yeah, it's got to be an arena commander somewhere, I would imagine. Somewhere. Sale Diane says, Hey guys, thanks for the shout-out on episode 17. And for the sake of your blooper reel, it's Sale Diane. Uh, I see what he did there. I'm sorry. (laughs) Basically, just going to say up front, if you've got a name that is weird, and I'm allowed to say that is weird because my name is Lennon, then expect it to be butchered mercilessly by the crew here at Guard Frequency. This is just one more service that we offer to you, our listeners. It's a labor of love. Butchering your username or handle in the universe is a labor of love for us. So did we show you the podcast of your dreams Did we have a bug still needing to be worked out? Let us know. Here are some ways to get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. As always, you can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. You can also subscribe to us, feeds.guardfrequency.com, or you can just search for us on iTunes. 
You can hit us up on Twitter at CardFreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash CardFreak. And if you're old school and crotchety and curmudgeonly like us, shoot us an email, squawk at guardfrequency.com, S-Q-U-A-W-K at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute, tell us what's going on between your ears. And that brings us to the end of episode 18 of Guard Frequency. We will be back with episode 19 on the 22nd of April, so be sure to keep an eye out for our episodes over at guardfrequency.com or on our post at the Robert Space Industries Fan Sites Forum. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down in the feedback loop, please hit our contact form at the top of our website. I said please twice. I mean it. All the details for all of our contact methods will be in the show notes. Do you like what we do? Want to come join our team? If so, send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. We're always on the lookout for talented individuals, and right now we're seeking an audio engineer to come and join us. So if you'd like to be part of the best damn space sim podcast ever, then we'd love to hear from you. And I love saying this twice at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show because we really, 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 really want you. How could they resist that? And if you're looking for a friendly wingman or two, check out our organization, Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustries.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak, G-U-A-R-D-F-R-E-Q. And hey, if you're not doing anything Saturday night, come join us live at guardfrequency.com forward slash live, 8 p.m. Central Time, 2 a.m. That's Sunday, GMT. Guard Frequency is proud to be syndicated on the base, Star Citizen's premier radio station. You can catch us every Thursday after the release, so be sure to check them out at radio.starcitizenbase.com. And we want to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and Priority One Productions. Special thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, and artist, Simon Chorton Edwards. Special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music during our show. Be sure to visit ronaldjenkins.com and check out more of his work. And we especially want to thank all of you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, Deep Black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. I'm Levin. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. All right, what do we have this week, Tony? And this week we have last week's intro. Oh my god. And blooper one is done. So this week's so if you need to know the quickest way back to Seoul from the magnet system, magnet system. To name this ship after the Mustang is just an atrocity. Yeah, you can't even take it and sort of make it into a better. It should be called the mustard. That's what this ship should be called. <laughs> no, mustard's yellow. This is the red shirt. We can't do. We can't cross oh. the streams like that. No, no. no. This is the ketchup. <laughs> this is the ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> so Connie did mustard in the in oh, the library God. with a pipe wrench. <laughs> Some people are concerned that Troika has the same level of quality that has gotten majority criticized by CR and other judges. Uh, Yet, hang on, majorly. Uh, oh yeah. Sorry. Some people are concerned that Troika has the same level of quality that has gotten majority. <laughs> oh, shut up. It's always funnier the second time. I know. <laughs> Some people are concerned that Troika has the same level of quality that has gotten majority criticized.
Yo, three. Yeah, that's Achievement not unlocked. That I'm blocked on that word. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, can I get a? <clears throat> can I get a different word, can please? I boop, can boop? I buy a word? <laughs> <laughs> can, can I buy a vowel? <laughs> hang on, hang on, here, here, here. I got let's this. Just I got drop this. it. I got this. And do it in a total <laughs> Valley Girl voice. <laughs> Major Lee. Major Lee. Okay. Some people are concerned that Troika has the same level of quality that has gotten majorly criticized by CR and other judges. Oh, <laughs> this is going to make the best blue. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. May. Yeah. Jor. Lee. Right. Lee. I said that. No, you said majorly. Um, oh, man. You said majorly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, incredibly. Okay, just do incredibly. Okay, that's fine. It's pronounced incredibly, not incredible. Oh, shut up! Before you stick out, he's gonna do it that way now. Sensen, Sensen, Sensen. I'm gonna mute you. Wingamanga. I'm gonna kick you All right. And me with commas. It's the commas that get me. And coming to us from our email, Skork at Godfrey. So, shut up. Blah blah. Blah, 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 blah.